0: If that fruit in a cup movie was ever made or whatever, they'd find a way to call that Daffodils.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
0: This episode of Cinecast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at MUBI.com dot slash CinemaSins. That's mubicom dot slash CinemaSins for your extended free trial all right everybody welcome to the Sincast. this is chris Atkinson from cinema sins joined as always by the voice of cinema sins jeremy scott i salute you yeah <laughs> for those about to rock <laughs> jeremy salutes you well i had to do something i know but i know what barrett's about to try here yeah, oh, yeah. and uh from music video sins, barrett share greasy wall. Ooh. <laughs> i don't Ooh. think you got it right I is is that movie coming out next week? The Crimes of Wolf.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were told by a, a commenter on SoundCloud that we should use the, the greeting Wolf. Gr, gr, I don't know, uh, which is Swiss-German. <laughs> What? Swiss it's German? For all you Swiss Germans out there, Grusywald. <laughs>
2: well, they, the rest of the comment also says it's really hard to pronounce, so good luck Googling, which I'm guessing you didn't do. No. Uh, so it's, it's probably not it. Grusywald.
0: Wasn't there, there was a thing uh, a couple of years ago where uh, there was, oh, it's so funny the Germans can't pronounce squirrel or something like that was that did you ever see that? see that and you see a bunch of germans trying to pronounce squirrel and it's impossible for them or whatever and then like there was a counterpoint to that like the german word for squirrel and like it was some fucking insane labyrinth of a word and like you know people were like <laughs> and nobody knew how to fuck to say it it's like yeah you made your point yeah that's <laughs> things are hard oh man um we're going to go back on a road trip today. Road trip. On the road again. The most time-honored tradition of all. The road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are, Are we, we, there,
2: there, yet? No. Are we there, there yet? No. Are we there yet?
0: No. Are, Are we, we there, there yet? yet? No. But, uh, briefly. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be brief. <laughs> it's it's North Dakota, <laughs> and uh, there's a like. Let's see if we can make this five minute segment somehow be an hour. We'll find <laughs> a way. We'll find a way. Have, you, have either
1: of you guys been to North Dakota? Um, no, no, no. It seems like a beautiful area, right? Mm-hmm. Like I forget if the Badlands are in like it's Calgary's South Dakota pants. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it is. yeah it is i guess so but no i mean just like montana like big sky country and yeah all no i'm stuff. sure it's
2: beautiful for the four people that live there
0: yep yeah yeah for sure <laughs> and for the four movies that have been set there yeah so um we'll, we'll get to the tv show in a minute but uh okay so there's jesus camp yeah i never saw jesus camp uh is this a documentary it is yeah yes well yes you've seen it
2: yes what would you think i saw it at a time in my life where i my belief system was a little different Mm -hmm. so it was more of a hate watch for me at the time because i was kind of bitter that the movie existed i didn't want that movie to discredit or say anything negative about Oh, christians because gotcha. yeah, i yeah. was among all the christians i haven't seen it since mm. so it's really hard for me to say but i remember kind of twinging a few times feeling like there were a little bit of manipulated moments here and there
1: um i think they do a pretty good job yeah yeah of, again of just it's presenting it for what it is i mean this is a literally a jesus camp where uh they're they're influencing hearts and minds of today's youth or the youth of what was that 2005 mm-hmm. um by you know fundamentalist christianity uh that means anti all kinds of things um and uh and and pro jesus yeah well it looks like it it looks like a dangerous place to somebody outside of that well and probably a dangerous
2: place to people inside of that it's Mm -hmm. just that it's i think what 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 troubled me about it at the time was that i grew up i grew up going to church camps uh which were nothing like this because i didn't grow up in a fundamentalist hardline religion Mm -hmm. Um, it was more of a I hesitate to use this phrase, but more of a vanilla <laughs> Protestantism that I grew up when, <laughs> with there was we didn't have ribbons and dancing and speaking in tongues, we didn't have any fringe, hard line girls were allowed to wear pants, mm-hmm. things like this. Uh so Jesus camp presented at the time in my life. To the world, hey, this is what church camps are like, and that wasn't the case at all. It's right. only this one subset of church camps, but yeah, I mean, I've,
1: it's, it's horrifying. Like, it's it's literally terrifying. Yeah. to watch this, yeah, and the effect that it's having on kids, actual kids. That's what makes it so terrifying. Is that you know, I can't watch like horror films with with kids in it. You know, besides like Children of the Corn or something, mm-hmm. like just because. Yeah, being a parent, like I I'd identify too much with that situation, that mm-hmm. freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Uh but. Having a documentary like this where you've got, you know, an an influence on an entire generation uh, of upcoming kids is just is something that just turns my stomach. Yeah, but I think even most
2: mainstream Christians would look at this movie and the the activities presented in it oh, yeah. and, and denounce it oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. say this is not what we believe. This is not right
1: because it is kind of borderline emotional abuse, if not maybe we should just take the borderline out of it i don't know no no it absolutely is it's yeah. it's been a while since i've seen it too but i it would probably really affect me uh now so yeah. uh, i don't know it's 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 worth a watch i think yeah um, no i remember yes
2: I'm not gonna say anything else. But it's you're, you're not long. gonna
1: feel good about yourself,
2: afterwards. No,
0: no, <laughs> no, and you may not send your kids to church camp next year. <laughs> That's true. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off list here because there was one one major one. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know how I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> it major quote unquote, right uh leprechaun was yeah. north dakota hmm. movie is fucking terrible now is is it leprechaun 2 that jennifer aniston's in no it's the first one okay then i've seen this yeah jennifer aniston is like 23 in it, leprechaun it's not very long before <laughs> her fame actually yeah <laughs> like uh it's her first movie that she's ever done and uh, i think she was in some tv series she
2: and was so. on like a ferris bueller tv show yeah she was on the ferris bueller that
1: show was canceled pretty
2: quickly didn't she
0: play Yeah. Yeah, did she have
1: a uh, a different nose back in those days. I think she
0: did because because mm. uh, when you look back at Leprechaun, it, there's something very different yeah. about her. Yeah, and I and it's one of those I can't quite put my finger on it. Well, it was a plot point in
1: Friends yeah. that she had a nose job mm. back. It, yeah, i think so that sounds right um but uh yeah i think she had had a, a little bit yeah i done. think
0: i think so um but yeah it's it's weird if <laughs> you ever watched leprechaun like watching someone with that kind of star power running around <laughs> in a movie that is bargain basement cheap yeah, oh, man. like it, it looks like um they made it for sci-fi back in 1993 <laughs> yeah and um and like uh but watching her in there it's like but but at the same time, she still looks different enough where you're like, yeah, I can see her as a <laughs> B movie actress or whatever that just kind of randomly found on the scrap heap,
1: you know? Uh, yeah, no, I remember this being like, a, was it a hit? But a, a lot of people were talking. So about
0: it. it made, it, so it was made for a million and it made eight million. Oh, okay, so that's so why you got that's all the why seasons. horror movies are so prominent is that you can make them so cheaply and if you make that kind of bank on it, then I mean leprechaun made six sequels yeah
1: (laughs) god that's insane
0: no it it doesn't make any sense whatsoever (laughs) just as it doesn't make sense that there's a leprechaun running around in north dakota i I will say (laughs) i will say though the, the reason he gets there is because the guy who's in the house uh there's this weird yada yada backstory about how he steal he he he, uh he he like steals leprechaun's gold and then stuffs him in a suitcase somehow (laughs) somehow and and somehow flies back with the leprechaun (laughs) to north dakota like that's some seriously uh that's some seriously uh derelict in their duty airline workers to not see a fucking leprechaun (laughs) that's Uh, warwick davis too right yeah it's warwick davis
3: yeah
0: (laughs) that's the thing they said something about like they were trying to they were going to make it a straight horror movie at one point and then warwick davis went with the comedy or whatever and i and so i was like okay good for him he saw that he was in a piece of shit and he's just gonna but there's nothing in that movie that says oh he really turned this up a nut. <laughs> yeah. he just says a lot of stupid fucking chucky shit the yeah. entire time
2: speaking of chucky
3: yeah <laughs>
2: bringing that shit back next summer now oh uh, yep. yeah yeah with it's uh, two
1: different things right like there, i think there's a, a new movie and then like a new tv show or something like that mm-hmm. and just uh 29 summer 2019 aubrey plaza child's play that's a headline i saw
2: no thanks Everything did you say New Aubrey Orleans? Plaza I'm, I'm watching it. I'm I know <laughs> watching. I know that's how they get you
0: yeah that's how they get you I mean I can still watch and say that the movie's terrible I just want to watch it because you know
2: right like they, they could reboot Breaking Bad but if Mila Kunis played the wife you'd watch that yeah shit. you're you're right
1: you know they are not making a sequel to that Breaking Bad
2: they're making a movie
0: yeah yeah it's part of my rant later okay gotcha um have some
2: thoughts all right
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway who knows how leprechaun had seven movies and i think a remake of some sort how in the world that happened but uh it, it happened in north dakota guys it sure did. that's your claim to fame there it is and then there's logan yeah oh okay. uh i guess part of it is when they're trying to cross into canada and everything
1: yeah i mean that's the destination uh mm-hmm. where and i still haven't really worked it out in my brain on how this worked out because it should have been a fictional place, right? Because they were basing the location on a comic book. Yeah. So are is the movie saying that all of the kids took that literally and then they actually did create this utopic society up there?
2: yes
0: i think so
1: okay
2: that was my interpretation was that the comic inspired them to do the thing the comic had said
0: i got you okay it seemed like they had yeah, been there it for a wasn't, long time yeah there. for sure when the whoever drew it drew like that wasn't real but okay. then they they made it real
1: i see it's yeah. just like
0: the bible <laughs> it's yeah. just like the bible <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly oh like God. it <laughs> 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 i'm
3: sorry everybody <laughs> i should not be the one to make that. <laughs> uh,
1: jesus this, camp anyway uh, <laughs> no this slogan. movie is like surprisingly rewatchable like i've seen mm-hmm. it at uh, different points where i'll just come in and i'll i'll want to watch it to to the end
0: it, yeah it's such a different um superhero movie it's mm-hmm. a, it's they they made it a little bit more realistic quote unquote uh where the situations they're in seem a little bit realer yeah or whatever. Uh, turning it into essentially a western Mm -hmm. um you know it's so different nothing is you know all the superhero movies that you see everything is just so very hyper realized and everything and this one it's like oh we go there's like basic people in here they're having normal conversations yes um and that's why i think it it's way more watchable than you that you uh way more watchable than you'd expect when before you've ever seen it yeah and it doesn't pull any punches
1: i think you know, there's the there's whole debate about the R rating and all that stuff um, being, you know, an excuse to have the the lady flash in the back or that kind of thing. But also, I think it did take the the lid off to where they could get super violent. Mm-hmm. When you get super violent in this context, it makes it super real instead of, you know, like a superhero movie where, you know, there's no blood or anything like that. Like, it, you feel it when they have that that huge fight between uh, X-14 or whatever it is and, mm-hmm. and Logan. Uh, and... The one at night outside the the farm, mm-hmm. that shit is for real, yeah. man. And
2: he stabs him right in the armpit. I know, mm-hmm. I feel it every time. Yeah, every mm-hmm. time I wince. Yeah, uh, I think what makes this movie so rewatchable is the the supporting performances on both ends of the age spectrum, with Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. and then the little girl. Because mm-hmm. um, I think if you if you have lesser actors in these roles, uh, you lose something in this film. Um, but they. Work as perfect opposite kind of foils for Logan's character, where he is in his life right now. Uh, I love it. I saw it
1: maybe three weeks ago. Yeah, and you know, the first time I saw it, Patrick Stewart's character annoyed me. Oh yeah, because it seemed to me like he was using the R uh, rating as an excuse for him to just say fuck a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Yeah, and he's raving all the time, and you can't tell when he's lucid or not. And then when I would watch it again, I'm like, you know that that's a that's a fully realized character because he is Stark raving mad. Yeah. Uh, for for a large majority of the time and i think even though it is way over the top compared to what he's what he's like normally uh i think it's it's a perfect thing so yeah movie's awesome yeah Yeah. no i dig it i dig it the
0: most and round rounding out the movies the the messengers yeah baby uh i saw this uh back in the day it's a very bad uh generic horror film this movie sucks yeah uh Kristen stewart is in it mm-hmm. uh this is like 2007 i think somewhere mm-hmm. around there um but uh it's a it's your typical family moves into a new house and shit starts happening yep. oh i have seen this <laughs> and is it, why do they call that movie the messenger i don't know I, yeah it's i don't remember why they would they called it the messengers either um i haven't seen it since it came out is it uh, john corbett to the, it's uh
1: dylan mcdermott dylan mcdermott's <laughs> the dad <laughs> yeah but the the guy the farmhand oh
0: um let me make sure uh
1: the guy from northern exposure i think
0: i think it is actually that sounds about right
1: dylan mcdermott mulroney <laughs> dermot
0: mulroney <laughs> and then there's Penelope, yeah john corbett john corbett
1: boy i really wished he had a bigger career i mean he was in big fat greek wedding right yeah it was on sex in the city but
0: now that might be an interesting topic someday is actors like john corbett because i don't think i think he's had exactly the career that he probably deserves oh really (laughs) I, i i and i like him yeah But like he's he's the guy who I think that's probably what he is in real life. Whatever we see, kind of like nice guy that comes in, yeah, and and he's and he's always the nice guy that the main girl uh likes, but doesn't like as much as the asshole guy at the end of town. Yeah,
1: yeah. Northern Exposure, I think, is one of those shows that. Uh, has been kind of lost to time and i i really loved it and i really love all the people that were in it yeah it was the the main girl in it was it more a tierney
0: no it was um uh, i used to know this name she's beautiful
1: yeah she is janine turner janine turner yeah. yeah
0: yeah anyway that's a fun show um but yeah the messengers isn't very good um i don't know why that's in north dakota either yeah. <laughs> well it's a farmhouse yeah yeah because you have to I go to north farms dakota. in other states <laughs> that's what i'm saying is like you have to go to north dakota How big
2: do you think the north dakota film commission is is it like so that's like a part-time gig for some one guy <laughs> yeah, right? exactly it's like the mayor of a
1: town also runs the north dakota film commission i mean this is probably the least that i've seen uh in any of the states so
0: far yeah and uh and you sent a wikipedia page and i looked it over and i was like yep <laughs> yeah so other than that we do have the fargo tv show is yeah. also uh, shot there um are
1: the uh the second and third season are they set more in north dakota or in minnesota because it's bemidji and and fargo in the first season
0: i i don't know i i've seen uh that third season i don't know i think they sort of go back and forth i'm not sure the
2: second well, season it has to be the same town because patrick wilson is playing the old sheriff from the first season. Oh, okay. He's playing a younger because the little girl is the pregnant girl from the first season. The sheriff oh, lady. okay. You know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen the like second the, season. The, in the first season, the pregnant cop, mm-hmm. her dad owns like a diner. Mm-hmm. Patrick Wilson is playing him. Oh, okay. In you. the second season, they've gone back in time to tell another story. So it's at least the same general area. Okay. Well, um, I mean, I think the. <clears throat>
1: part of the the point of that the movie and the tv show is to show you that there's not much of a difference especially in render, right, right uh because the movie fargo happens all in minnesota i think i think so for um, the most part yeah. there's
0: the the only thing that happens in fargo is the climax and like all the right right yeah, the, yeah. The, i think the le- the build up to it and everything but everything else is in minnesota
1: but the uh, the first season of the tv show i think that's where billy bob goes up and just massacres everybody he's up in fargo oh, when he okay. goes into yeah, that, yeah. that building and he just fucks everybody up and of course nobody calls the cops or anything like that when, when they start shooting
0: yeah th- this is uh so in season three the synopsis on wikipedia says in 2010 saint cloud probation of saint cloud's minnesota uh ray stussy and his parolee girlfriend nikki swango dream of a better wealthier life to achieve this they attempt to steal a valuable vintage stamp from ray's more successful older brother Emmett, also played by mcgregor Uh, the self-proclaimed parking lot king of minnesota so i think a lot of it does take place in minnesota
1: it is kind of funny that they set up fargo's like the the hub of of
0: the mob in the midwest yeah i didn't know that the fourth season was gonna have chris rock
3: oh Uh, i did see that yeah yeah.
0: i I remember that now but i had forgotten he will play the head of a crime syndicate made up of black migrants fleeing the jim crow south who have a contentious relationship with the kansas city mafia there you go set in the 1950s kansas man, city they Missouri. just do not have, stop having the mafia in kansas city <laughs> they do not kansas city you know they're gonna be calling it fargo still <laughs> it's in kansas city
1: oh uh, what a great tv show though yeah
0: <sighs> all right guys it's time to talk about movie again movie is a uh it's a godsend yes. at times yes it like does. you you you're like man i'm just tired of all the same old movies that i keep watching and everything what does movie have on yeah. And usually it's there's all sorts of stuff that you I mean, you have so many choices at that point, <laughs> stuff you've never heard of. But a lot of times stuff that's just it's because of, uh, you know, the stupidity of Hollywood and the stupidity of uh, yeah. foreign language films coming over to yeah. America and,
1: and all that. And then there's also some things that, that you will recognize and maybe you haven't seen before. Uh, great directors that you want to see something else that they've done that may be a little lesser known. Uh, right now, they've got, as, as a, a holdover from the horrific October, they've got Joe Dante's The Howling. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's got the 1973 version of Three Musketeers. Yeah. Uh, which is Oliver Reed and Richard Chamberlain and Michael Welch and everything. So, there's some cultural touchstones in there scattered in with, with things that maybe you haven't experienced before from, from other countries.
0: Yeah, and... uh this past week, I saw a movie called Heartbeats, which yeah. uh, comes from Canada. Mm-hmm. It's a foreign film from Canada. <laughs> 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 You're not know my guy, buddy. And uh, I guess, I guess it's, uh, I guess you uh, Canadians out there know Xavier Dolan or whatever. Like this guy is apparently really famous yeah. in, in Canada. Uh, he made this movie heartbeats, which has actually got some sort of, uh, other French title. And I got to get into that later, by the way. Oh yeah. The, uh, the one word, uh, title. Oh for- yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the, um, Xavier Dolan made this movie when he was 21 years old and it's freaking beautiful. Yeah. Very, very beautiful to look at. It is kind of weird, but like, I think a lot of people, I, maybe you guys in this room have never experienced this, but I've experienced stuff like this where, um, you're, you think, you know, you're going on a track to being in a relationship or something like that. And the other person is obviously not interested, but you just don't see it. Mm-hmm. You don't see it at all. And that's what this movie feels like it's about to me. In fact, a lot of there's a lot of like little vignettes that are thrown in there yeah. where people, like when Harry met Sally, where people are talking about their marriage and stuff. Uh, just single, uh, people talking about how like all the stuff that they did where they were like, you know i thought that 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 he liked me and he you know and i did all this stuff that was fucked up to try to get him to to (laughs) notice me and and then and from the other side too it's like yeah there's this woman who liked me and i I don't i I didn't like her back but she kept she kept coming around and all that and heartbeats is it takes it up a notch because it's a it's a love triangle Two people, this guy isn't interested in right, that are obs- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> obsessed with him. Yeah, two people who are friends, who are, and they like sleep in the same bed together. Yeah, yeah and this guy's a dumbass. He leads them on for sure, but yeah. like, but like, I think he thinks that everybody thinks like he does. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, we we shared a bed together. Yeah, who cares? Yeah and yeah. that's what that movie is about like people who are like so in love with somebody who's just not not reciprocating whatsoever it's really interesting
1: yeah i've got to dive into this guys have you heard of Xavier dolan Mm-mm. i've got to dive into this guy. he's like damien chazelle level uh wunderkind right because yeah. he's still super young he's like 29 now um and the way that he shoots this the colors that he uses the techniques the angle of the camera when they're, especially when they're like interviewing or like they're 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 talking directly into one shot, mm-hmm. it's just really really interesting. So I want to see what this guy's got to offer. Hmm. He also won in two thousand nine for his first movie. He won a uh, a Canadian Oscar basically over Denis Villeneuve. Wow. Yeah. So wow. Yeah. I bet Denis is really bitter.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So if you want to experience Mubi. Uh go to Mubi.com slash cinema sins, M U B I dot com slash cinema sins. It's a free month. Mm-hmm. It's a free month yeah. on us. It's on us, in fact. You know, we It's actually coming out of our pockets. It's coming out of our
2: <laughs> <laughs> we we veered sharp into lies.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a free month where you can experience this, give it a try. Uh, I bet you'll love
2: it, because we do. We really, really love the service. Uh, curation matters uh, when the right people are doing the yeah. curating, uh, and the people at Movie doing the curating are aces. Mm-hmm. And uh, we think you'll like it, too. Try for free, and then you'll want to just throw money at them. Yeah. Where do they go? What? Aces. Aces. Where do they go? com slash Sins. That's right. right.
0: 30 days. Free trial. All right. Um. So, yeah, that's it for North Dakota, guys. Mm-hmm. Make more movies. <laughs> <laughs> like we said to uh, uh, others who apparently just dwarf this one, though. <laughs> but yeah, that's
1: it. We've got uh, two or three big ones coming up with Ohio and Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. OK L A
1: H O M A.
2: Old dirty, rotten scoundrels for you. Yeah. Ruperact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ruperact. <laughs> <racked. laughs> um all right so uh we're going back to essentially a format that we've uh had uh in the past i know With, but we, got the road trip, we have time for it so we're gonna be having some rants yeah and we're gonna have some news and yeah. we're gonna have some reckon warns and some yeah. questions <laughs> reckon. and we're gonna have some questions and answers so who wants to rant first
2: I
1: feel like I'm taking crazy pills! I am as mad
0: as hell.
3: You've never seen me very upset. Lord Jesus! Lord Jesus!
1: You wanna rant first? You've got something queued up.
2: Well, actually, uh, turns out my rant was the thing I told you was my rant is actually my news item and my okay. rant is about this woman that sat next to me at Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And and how like, she she was on her phone the whole movie. And I, I feel like we've I feel like we need to set some new rules for theater etiquette Mm -hmm. i should not have to turn to her and say could you turn your phone off it's distracting to me right she Mm -hmm. fucking knows it is (laughs) and has chosen to turn it on anyway so now i'm at a place where if i choose to have a conversation we're already escalated to step two yep (laughs) and i have to choose step two with some random woman in a theater who has a big husband on the other side of her (laughs) Or leave the movie and go find a manager
1: and be a tattletale. Mm-hmm. And this is unacceptable! Yeah. You know what? That's an interesting point, that we do need new rules, because the previous rules are don't make any noise. Like, don't be talking on your phone Yeah, uh, during the movie. Now nobody talks anymore, but you have the fucking screens yeah. lit up all over the place.
2: I mean, but there's still, there's warnings that come up during the trailers, mm-hmm. in the previews. They tell you to silence your phone, turn that shit off. She fucking knows! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she does it anyway yep <laughs> and i am i'm being asked polite society has put it on me to remedy this situation mm-hmm. and that is not proper
0: no it isn't yeah it's exactly what you're saying the, the the fact is there's no good way to solve it because they've already stepped over one line exactly that uh you, you know once you, you okay so you can a be the guy with the big balls and tells them to stop Mm -hmm. which i've done before but it always becomes a fucking thing yep or you can go out like jeremy said miss a lot of your movie tell somebody that somebody right next to you is (laughs) is fucking around on a phone and then have that uncomfortableness the rest of the whole time yep and it's on them but the the fact that you said something makes it even worse yeah and it's not your fault and um I will never forget when uh it was towards the end of working at Hollywood 27. Uh somebody came out and said somebody's flashing some light in there or something, I don't know what it was. And it was in auditorium 17, so I got in the back of auditorium 17 and started looking around and I didn't see anything. This is common. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes out and complains about something you don't see it. One thing I did see though was a woman who was on her phone. And I don't think that was the source of the light or anything, but just to be care, just to be safe about it. I went down and I told her, could you please turn off your phone? And then she was like, it, it sounded like it was, you know, the absolute like worst thing that I could possibly ask her to do. <laughs> she was looking at pictures of a kid or something that her <laughs> friend sent. And I was like, I was like, you're going to have to turn it off. And then she's like, okay, there it's on silent. And I was like, it, doesn't matter that it's on silent it's the it's the light of the camera that i'm talking about and uh, and and she's like all right it's off and i was like turn it completely off Mm. and and finally got her to do it but like it it took that long like just generally just, just nobody takes shit anymore because it's uh you know there's something about keeping your rep or something or yeah. being able to tell a story to somebody like that guy came in and told me to turn my phone <laughs> off and i didn't do it god damn it yeah and like yeah and like okay what a great story that is yeah you know story well, of you being a bitch yeah.
1: I, what i'm saying though is you do get the thing the notification at the beginning of the movie but it says just that it's silence mm-hmm. silence your cell phones it doesn't say turn off your phone yeah or keep your screen you know, dark, the entirety Mm. of the the movie, Mm. it's silence your phone. So Mm. I think they need to uh, redo the marketing, like you're saying, like establish that that's not cool. Well, I have read, I agree with that, but I have read,
2: I don't know how widespread this is. I read just a couple weeks ago that there was either a chain or an individual theater that was going to experiment with autism-friendly shows Hmm. where the lights would stay up brighter, and it was designed to... Be less overstimulating with the, the the audio being so loud and the lights going down so far, and I'm like, okay, that I kind of like the thinking behind that, even if it doesn't like sell a bunch of tickets. But let's just let's let's open it up, right? Mm-hmm. Let's call it autism friendly and fuckos who want to be on their phone friendly oh, yeah. shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we? I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. There were three different auditoriums playing three different near show times. Why can't we just designate one Mm showtime or one print of a film is going to be lights a little bit up and nobody everybody in
1: there can be on your goddamn ipad yeah they could have asshole (laughs) sundays exactly like that fuckos on the phone
2: yeah i'm telling you there are i cannot be in the minority here i cannot be the only one who wants you aren't
0: no the thing is is that i think just for the just exactly the thing that you brought up so many people hate it but can't say anything about it because they don't want to get into a whole thing yeah and the people who don't care about getting into a whole thing are the other kind of asshole exactly yeah (laughs) you know um
3: oh
2: man i was so infuriated anyway uh, there's my rant for the day it's nothing new yeah but goddamn, i got pissed (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you turn your phone on you have communicated to me in the movie that you don't care about me Mm -hmm. and that you're more important than me Mm -hmm. i'm gonna hate you forever
0: just i agree i agree (laughs) what's your um so this isn't anything to get super angry about so rant is a little bit too too much for this but we we watched suspiria at belcourt and there must have been two or three trailers for foreign language films coming out that are that have a beautiful foreign title Mm -hmm. and could easily be translated into english but they've gone with this one word thing now that's usually like, in- like it, innocuous, it's right? ridiculous and it's usually yeah, it's usually something that is ungoogleable right
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: like like for instance i talked about that movie heartbeats that movie has an actual french name yes. it's like it's uh Le-
1: les Amours Imaginaire.
0: imaginaires yeah the imaginary lovers yes that's all it is (laughs)
1: which actually encapsulates yes that movie and it's a better better. title it's a better
0: title what the fuck does heartbeats have to do with that goddamn title yeah that's weird and uh i can't remember the the ones that we saw but like they were they were similar to that yeah and it was you know like for instance if if that fruit in a cup movie was ever made or whatever they'd find a way to call that daffodil <laughs>
3: yes definitely, it, it, definitely. I, hope I, I hope by
2: the
0: time i die somebody has made
2: a movie called a piece of fruit in a cup
0: yes oh man and it has no fruit and no cups We've seen
1: a, at least somebody make a trailer for it. We've seen uh, a, a fake movie poster, right? Somebody sent us one of yes. those. <laughs>
0: what what I think is is wrong with this, and I, and I said the ungoogleable part, <laughs> the, what I think is wrong about this is that they are such generic titles that they are not only the same as other titles that have come before it. Like Heartbeats, I guarantee you there's like 500 of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to find that movie... Like a lot of times, you know, the even the best search engines in the world can't find these. Things. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of times uh, titles go through name changes and everything, so you'll type in a certain like I'll type like type in something like heartbeats or whatever, and the actual title will come up, and you're like, no, that's not what I want. I right. want, and you just scroll on past it, you know, without even thinking about it that's the problem is they're really just too generic and when it when it comes down to it is is these one word titles like i yeah i want to find out about that movie and then you'll find out there's one from 2014 or there's a 2010 and one from 1938 and, (laughs) and um and uh and you never get any wiser about what that movie is that one that you want to watch and you know i bet the filmmakers would like to know would like to see you know where that movie is if you're trying to find it somewhere Mm -hmm. you know instead it's like yeah you're just uh, in a sea of it's like trying to it's it's like trying remember when it first came out yeah try googling it like once it became popular enough people kind of knew what you meant when you just (laughs) type in those two letters but before the movie came out google's like we we have five hundred thousand trillion results we have as many results as there are stars in the galaxy what would you like to do and so uh
1: my rant is about the overreaction on twitter i got i've got to get off of twitter like i've got to set limits yeah for myself to yeah. only look at it in a certain period of time yeah or something like that because what you'll do is you'll get i get worked up about stupid shit yeah because that's the only thing i see i've got a pretty diverse timeline yeah it's you know some sports figures some like you know actors some obviously a lot of music and stuff like that um and some political stuff but everybody yesterday was talking about this detective pikachu trailer mm-hmm. for whatever fucking reason mm-hmm. and making memes about it and all this stuff and it, 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 it was trending i think towards the top of the the trend yeah universe. yeah, yeah and it's a perfectly adorable trailer it's got Ryan Reynolds uh, as the voice of Pikachu you know the the rest of the cast looks really good um but like it just shot up to every tweet was about this fucking detective Pikachu thing and why why does this happen it's a trailer it's not even a movie you never you haven't seen this the movie the same okay the same thing happened last
2: week when Nintendo put out some kind of smash brothers thing and everyone was talking about Kirby
0: oh yeah they yeah. were they were uh uh, announcing the characters for the game that were coming out. And, like, every character was trending at one point. Like, everything that they oh announced. <laughs> like, Super Smash Brothers, and then, like, Kirby, yeah. and then, like... You yeah, know, I mean, listen, if and you then, like, t- a different fragment of <laughs> Super Mario. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about it, I'd say,
1: if everybody's talking about something, like when they... the, the whole Sharknado phenomenon, when it was on and everybody was tweeting about Sharknado. All right, fine. That's, that's perfectly fine. But, like, this overreaction... Because then you you go to, like, see a tweet for Detective Pikachu and somebody was criticizing that tweet and that got into a whole thing and all that stuff. And it's like, it, it, dial back the fervor a little bit. Well, you know, for these uh, these these stupid things. This could be... We might just be old. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
2: Now, you have a kid, so the fact that you're worked up about this more than me concerns me a little. But I have no Pokemon knowledge whatsoever yeah I know low. that at one point when I was in the theater they were cards because <laughs> there were cards that we were giving away at the theater that for about a week and a half became super valuable ah. um, I may or may not have sold some on the side to a guy nice <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I did the this I know it was a show me. I know a couple years ago there was an app mm-hmm. where everybody could play in the real world literally that's all I know mm-hmm and so I wonder if it's not that. If I, if this is like when they announced the new Star Wars trilogy, and I did have tens of years of experience and love for this franchise, and I, I was geeking out about the Force Awakens announcement, but hmm. here I don't get it because I don't fucking know what Pikachu is, yeah. who he is. I don't know if this movie is. Part of the cartoon show universe or part of the game universe or Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just like I don't know anything about Kirby or Smash Brothers. I don't know about (laughs) Fortnite. I don't know about any of these things. And it's
0: starting to make me feel like Clint Eastwood. (laughs) It definitely, definitely part of it is an age thing. But uh, you also got to realize that things that trend on Twitter is a small segment of the population it's not really like it's not real life like mm-hmm. like even though it's blowing up on twitter it doesn't mean that everybody else in the world is blowing up about it
2: my point is to sum up what he's saying is that what we see on twitter is not representative of any kind of a uh, that's true a body worldwide or opinion or it's all skewed
1: god Damn. it's so easy to get into that mindset though because it's it's so hugely influential to everybody's life i mean look at the the president yeah uh, him using I hate to call president look at trump and what he does on twitter and it becomes a reality it's a weird thing because a tweet can can cause reality to happen you know he's done policy mm-hmm. shit you know over twitter well elon musk got five millions of dollars for a tweet and look at uh, what happened with james gunn like all of this twitter can become reality yep but it is not reality if that makes yep. any sense so yeah it's it's easy to get in that
0: mindset to where like well people are tweeting everybody's talking about detective pikachu you know sometimes i'll be watching something on tv it's a live thing or whatever and i'm like i'm really enjoying this and then i'll go to twitter and i'll see it trending and i'll be like okay i wonder what people are saying about this everybody's like this is the suckiest thing ever (laughs) this is shit these guys are terrible blah 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 and you're like oh i was enjoying this should i not enjoy this okay so this happened
2: to me a week ago i'm actually very nervous to say this out loud I saw this trailer for Andy Serkis's Mowgli, which is now uh-huh. going to be a Netflix film, and I really liked it. Hmm. And I went to the YouTube comments, I went to the movie subreddit, and I went to Twitter, and everyone was trashing it. Really? Everyone was saying, some one of the following, the CG looks bad, didn't we just have a movie about Jungle Book? Which, yes, I've also been saying that. Yeah. Uh, but Mowgli, with Andy Serkis, was started in development before Jon Favreau's Jungle yeah. Book. Um, but he's also telling a different story, a, a slightly older Mowgli, uh, torn between humans and the jungle. He's kind of already established as... We- trailer kind of did it for me, man. And it may just be the voice work,
3: because
2: mm-hmm. um, he's got some really great voices doing some of these. And the, and I could even look back and say that the, the CG doesn't look all that perfect, mm-hmm. but that trailer moved me. And then I went and I couldn't find anybody else that agreed. <laughs> and so I think I'm on an island. I think everybody hates that trailer but yeah, me. Interesting. But yeah, I've had yeah, that, ex- yeah.
1: that experience. Uh, on to some news? Yeah, let's do it.
2: News on the mark!
1: You got some... Oh, let's talk about your news. So there's gonna be a Breaking Bad movie. Uh Uh-huh. You sound excited about it. I
2: think one of my very favorite things about the Breaking Bad finale was Jesse's open-ended ending. I agree. And now they're going to take that away from me.
3: Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I realized this morning... You know, I I, I moan a lot about remakes and reboots and sequels and yada yada, and why aren't there more original stories? And I was thinking, you know, Vince Gilligan came around with Breaking Bad. This was his killer original story, and now even that has been (laughs) prequelized, and now we're going to make a movie out of it. And I just—I do not want you to tell me what happened to Jesse after Breaking Bad.
1: You know, I mean, okay. It's better left in my imagination. You you think so? I mean— if there's a competent storyteller telling the next chapter of I, I can't, this story... I, I can't hear that anymore. Like, yep.
2: I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to others. I cannot... The, the response is going to be, what if it's good? <laughs> and I am not talking about quality. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about originality. And the same with Better Call Saul, where... I've talked to Dicer about this a lot because he's maybe two degrees higher than me on this. I like it 98%. He likes it 100. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. But it's completely unnecessary, and I would rather see all these talented people making something original That's rather true. than playing around in the same characters or the same beats and the same. I hope to God that I don't have any success with my Ables and turn into a guy who can only do shit related to my first success. But the money is forcing everybody to be that. Yeah, I'm just I'm super frustrated about. I don't feel like this is a story that needs to be told. The only defense is that what if it's good? It could be good. Okay, so could a new story? Why can't Vince Gilligan write a new crime story what, for
1: Aaron Paul? Well, what if it becomes that? Because it, what what immediately sprang to mind was Cheers, right? Cheers. Everybody loved Cheers. It lasted ten seasons, ten eleven seasons, um, and then they decided to do a spinoff with Fraser Crane, mm. which was probably unnecessary. I'm sure a lot of the writers from Cheers went over to to do Frazier, but it's delightful in its own right, you know, and there's only a tangential connection to Cheers itself. But again, the, the, the only defense we have of this is what if it's good? Right, right. And if it is it's, good, I'm going to be on you're board. Not, you're not
2: going to prove to me there's nothing you can say to make me think it's necessary. It's mm. like Toy Story 4. Yeah. Tom Hanks could look in my face right now and tell me, I promise you the story's good. It's worth it. I don't need that fucking movie. Disney wants $500 million, so yep. they're making Toy Story 4. Yep. Don't fill my ear with bullshit about the story compelled us to come back <laughs> one more time. I'm fucking sick of it. Yeah. AMC said, Vince, what else you got? And he came up with this. And you know what? I'm not mad at him for doing it. <laughs> right?
1: Right.
0: More power to you. It's like uh, the in uh, Hudsucker Proxy where they're asking uh, Tim Robbins like what does he have other ideas does he have and he's like well we're gonna make one for make a hula hoop for the portly we're gonna make one for this and that and like it's all hula (laughs) hoop oh i'm earning my keep yeah (laughs) i just
2: maybe the problem is that i i see myself as a guy who's got a lot of original ideas and i don't I, i have more outlet for those than the average person i am i am now writing a book a sequel to another book i wrote i'm fortunate i don't want to complain like my ideas can't find a home but i would love to find a home for some of these other ideas yeah and it seems like a lot of the homes are going to renters that have the same stories to tell like a child's play reboot yeah like everything stephen king ever wrote is being remade i just
1: what is, about the new writers what is the stephen king stuff that's been besides it obviously everything.
0: Oh, uh, the, uh, what was Langoliers, it? Langoliers. Uh, sim- a Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's
1: right. Yeah, there's gonna be a new
2: one yeah. of those. Yeah. Um. There's probably, I'm I'll Google in show notes to, but it's probably at least a dozen wow. Stephen King properties in some level of development. i uh, it probably counts Castle Rock, but that's already aired. But, uh, I'm just, I feel like we've, we've reached this point where we're not giving any incentive to young creative people
1: to be original mm-hmm. that's true and that makes me sad well i guess if if you find a formula for success like harry potter or something like that or breaking bad it's so hard to find those critically lauded and profitable franchises that you want to expand on them as much as possible as long as the creators are on board and i'm, I'm right with you with better call saul i think it's not necessary, but I'm glad it's in the world, especially those first two seasons. Yeah, I just What's next?
2: <laughs> Hank the early years. <laughs> Hank a DEA training. <laughs> Teenage Marie learning how to shoplift from her yeah. Heather's friends. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. That's true. D
2: E A New <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> exactly.
1: We, we're so <laughs> Go me. We're so preoccupied uh with what we can do. Exactly. We have, if we should
2: again, I'm I'm speaking hyperbolically, but I feel like we're going to reach a point, probably before I die, where we simply don't have enough people capable of writing original ideas because they've all been trained t- to adapt other people's ideas over and over and over.
0: Again. Yep, yep. Um, my news may not be real news anymore, but um, it, I did think it was weird that there was all this uh this talk about Ennio Morricone talking shit about quentin tarantino do you know what happened no i don't think anybody don't knows know and there it sounds was, at this point like the net magazine just made it up like this so there was uh this is playboy though it's, it's not playboy germany or whatever yeah. so so he, yeah they his article came out where he called quentin tarantino a cretin right. and his films are garbage and and uh he does and talking about what we're talking about here Except I think Tarantino does artistically steal from others, and there's an argument to be made about sure. that. Like, I think he takes things that maybe you, did, maybe you didn't see in the 70s and then makes it his own, but he makes it awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much what he does, and I think he freely admits that he steals a lot of times. Um, but that's that's neither here nor there. He came out, and Morricone, Morricone came out and said, "I didn't say any of that shit." Yeah,
1: I didn't even give an interview to right, the Playboy. Right, and this is German. within hours of yeah. it coming out.
0: And then Playboy said, "Oh, it happened. The here's the date that it happened, and we were at your at your estate, and this is what, blah blah blah." And now I'm just looking at this thing. Uh, that says uh, that that uh, Playboy Germany editor-in-chief Florian Boyton and issued a new statement saying, "Up to now, we have considered the freelancer who conducted the Ennio Morricone interview on our behalf to be a renowned print and radio journalist. In the past, we have had no reason to doubt his journalistic integrity and skills." Sounds like a glass. No. yeah oh. based on the information now at our disposal we must unfortunately assume that the words spoken in the interview have in part been reproduced incorrectly wow we would like to express our regret should mr morricone have been portrayed in a false light we are working to clarify this matter and are exploring because well, he threatened to sue him. i will tell you this this is the dumbest story to make up in <laughs> yeah, your wife exactly. yes i'll tell you why because none of it made sense from the very beginning yeah. i was like when i heard that Morcone said this about tarantino i said so if you thought this about him why did you do a fucking score for him yeah why, like, why did would he you do ever- two no he well, did hateful eight he, he did hateful eight and tarantino has used other morconi okay, and okay. other and other like he did in kill bill um amy have done it in some others too but uh but yeah that's i mean i don't know why you would make that shit up yeah. about if it doesn't take long to dig and and figure out this story is stupid and doesn't make any sense because of that very reason he would have never made a score Th- this is well into tarantino's career that hateful 8 came out yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's you, if you thought that about his films before uh i mean it's not like it's it's not like it's pulp fiction that he gave it, that he did right right you know and then and then like 10 15 years down the road he's like oh yeah all of his movies are trash that is a why? Why?
1: I don't understand the story from the get go. Yeah. It Why would make... you choose Ennio Marconi? <laughs>
0: yeah, makes no <laughs> to, sense to, to be your fall guy. It's almost though. like it's almost it's almost and maybe it is a glass situation where like he they interviewed him there wasn't anything much to talk about really. They, I think the guy's it.
2: like ninety years old. Well, yeah. that's the other thing. Maybe he thought he could get away with it because he thought he could paint the guy as senile and mm-hmm. and say, "Well, you said it, but he forgot you said yeah, it." Yeah. The
1: only reason that I believed it. Uh, in the first place or, or he at least took it seriously is that it, it was kind of in this old tradition of old people stay saying shit whatever yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. Uh, like quincy, yeah. Uh, quincy jones right and uh who was it kathleen, uh, kathleen Oh, turner. kathleen turner yeah um i was like all right well this guy's a son of fuck it
0: i'm just gonna man <laughs> no i mean it from the moment before he even came out and said that I, he didn't say this i was like yeah why would he <laughs> so say this now yeah, me too um but yeah it's a it's an interesting type of thing i think i think you should all i mean generally any article that comes out and you see that you should always think about whether this makes sense or not Mm -hmm. and that was a big deal for a while there and like yeah sure i mean they cleaned it up in like a couple of days that's how stupid it is they did and they didn't because
2: i think this is part of the problem with social media and why trump is so successful in whipping up his base with it is that there there are however many they number there are still people out there today who think Marconi said Tarantino was a Cretan. Mm. They did not come back and read the correction. Mm. They have not followed, continued oh, to yeah, follow the story. That's for sure. They saw the first headline and moved on, and that's problematic. Yeah, um, Because, that,
0: yeah, because uh, there will be a point in time where I'm off and I'm talking to people and people who know that I like movies. Like, well, what about all that shit that that uh, composer talked about with Tarantino? Like, mm mm-hmm turned out he didn't say it right yeah uh,
1: every part about this story was weird because it's not uh, when i said it's playboy it's not like it's not some innocuous website like you know movies movie nerd geek
3: dude (laughs) movie poop shoot shoot. shoot. (laughs) i mean Playboy's
1: a reputable uh despite the content is a reputable place and they published many interviews that actually did happen Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just very weird yeah uh, my news is the 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 big one—the death of Stan Lee. Yeah, and I I wasn't a huge comic book guy uh, growing up or anything like that. Um, basically knew Stan Lee uh, initially through Mallrats was the first yep. time I I even I think heard his name, and uh, of course you know all this this Marvel stuff that's that's happened over the years. Um, but it's it's hard to deny like his influence on everything. I yep. mean, because he's been doing. He had been doing this for so long. It's Spider-Man, it's uh, Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four, uh, Silver Surfer, stuff like that. He even worked for DC a little bit uh, uh, before Marvel. So uh, it's it's a big deal. You know, he's a, he's a Titan, and even though the last year or so there was some weird shit going on with the
0: elder abuse and all that mm-hmm. stuff, uh, it's a big loss, you know? Everything that uh, movies are right now pretty much owe it to Stan Lee yep. because... Uh, and, and then, and obviously, it it, it took a you know studio with gobs of money like Disney to really truly believe in it, and you had Sony in there. Sony really sort of, I think Sony and Fox sort of kicked this off, and Disney swooped in and just made everything even more bigger and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um,
2: and now they'll own Fox.
0: Yeah, and now they'll own Fox. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. But, uh, but yeah, there's no denying. I mean, just about everything that you see has his name on it yeah. and will have his name on it as long as they make these characters.
2: Well, and he just to tie into what I was ranting about earlier about originality, there's all the – look at all the worlds this guy created. I know. All the characters, this, all the big ideas, uh, how, how much of a champion he was for equal rights and – inclusive writing way back before it was popular, like he and Gene Robinberry should probably be the first inductees into the pop culture equal rights, social justice warrior hall of fame in Mm -hmm. terms of coming way before anybody else. Um, Yeah, I just, uh, it's a huge loss and probably he will be remembered for as long as, humans remember other humans well, that, was, that
0: was the thing i did not realize about x-men because one i i never read the comic books i've only seen the movies and everything and uh and i always thought it was a little strange that magneto and professor x essentially there's you you could easily side with one or the other in those and everything it's a rare moment where you can side with Mm -hmm. the the bad guy the so-called bad guy in it and everything i did not realize until someone told us and we were you know we were talking about comic book movies or whatever that you know he originally had that as a malcolm x martin luther king uh, analogy Mm -hmm. uh, those two characters and that's the reason why when we look at it it's like oh I can see both sides of of these of these issues and everything, and it's 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 obviously it's uh it's harder to to see that it's a, a race thing, but it is a race thing. Mm-hmm. All of X Men is a race thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I
1: mean, because he imbued his characters with with this humanity that apparently wasn't present in comic books. You know, it was basically the the hero and the villain, and when you have a character like Peter Parker who has all the anxieties of a high schooler, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And you see it up until, you know, Homecoming, the the most recent movie where, yeah. you know, he's freaked out about real world things. And then also he has to be Spider-Man, too. Uh, you know, that I think that's probably like my favorite part of his legacy is that, like, he imbued his characters with more uh, of an actual tie to humanity uh, rather than just the, the, the black hat and the white hat. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah we want to recommend some shit?
0: Totes balls. They're great. It I, won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made.
1: All right, I'll start. Go for it. You remember uh, Sam Raimi? Nope. Speaking of Spider-Man? Nope. Mm-hmm. Um, he did a movie, I think it was 2009, mm-hmm. called Drag Me to Hell. Yep. And... This movie is fucking awesome. Balls out. Oh, my God. You know, I, I saw it back in those days. And I
0: love me some Allison Lohman, man.
1: I got a question about that. Mm-hmm. Um, So I saw this back in the day, and uh, I really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. right? But I haven't gone back to it you know, in the nine years since. And it was on the other day, and I caught it. And my God, this movie is so much fucking fun. Yep. It's, it's all the fun stuff of Sam Raimi that he probably didn't get to do for a Spider-Man 3. Yep. Uh, it's all the zaniness of the Evil Dead Two, in particular, and Army of Darkness, mm-hmm. and it's got you know fun effects, and it's got like very Rame-ish, uh shooting. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right, Alison Lohman is freaking awesome. Where has she gone though? No idea. She did the Weatherman with, uh, or was it the Weatherman? No, it was uh, Matchstick Man. He did. She did Matchstick Man with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I believe where they were, he was the Con Man. I right?
0: believe she's even. When in Matchstick Men, she's twenty seven or something, or twenty. No, she's not that old. She's she's like twenty four, twenty five in Matchstick Men, something like that. She, she looks she, younger. She too. looks like she's fifteen. Yeah, but, but she's like you know she's a lot older. But um, but yeah, she used to pop up in a lot of movies. I think she may have gotten married and had a kid. It's possible.
1: After Drag Me to Hell, she's only done four other movies.
0: She, she married somebody like close to that i think was justin long and dragon Drag- Justin Drag-
1: long was in yeah
0: um but uh but yeah she i think she married somebody close after that or whatever and maybe had a kid maybe she's dedicated uh more to that than being in movies it has uh, mark Neville oh that's the Neville taylor directing team oh really yeah Neville who did uh little miss sunshine and oh um oh and did a bunch of music videos
1: oh, okay well there you go he did uh he did crank too apparently
0: <laughs> oh wait a minute no no i'm thinking of a different uh group yeah he did no, they did the crank and they did uh gamer and they did uh ghost rider spirit of yeah, vengeance yeah. yeah um
1: so yeah no she is adorable mm-hmm. and uh really really good in this and in uh matchstick man and she's you know she's kind of disappeared the other guy that i want to know where he went was Daleep Rao, the guy who was in in Inception, Oh, guy, yeah 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 yeah. and uh he's like the mystic guy in this one uh he's really good and he's kind of disappeared from at least american stuff interesting um, except for around this time 2009 2010
0: i'm pretty sure you're on to something though there with uh with sam raimi because and look i'm i'm going based on you know secondhand information where you know uh sam raimi had a really difficult time uh, making spider-man 3 mm-hmm. and all the different things that the, the studio was forcing him to do on that uh, and just from my own projection of what he looked like <laughs> when i saw him at that premiere he looked exhausted he yeah. looked like he didn't want to be there at all <laughs> and to see him then follow that up with drag me to hell yeah i i know that he was just I, that was just a freeing moment for him. They took the chains off, man. Yeah, it's that movie a is closer. that movie is awesome. Yeah, it really I just is. I saw fun.
2: Uh, Aviara, the guy who was the Sony producer of those Spider-Man movies, just last month mm-hmm. like, took the blame oh, for really? Spider-Man Three. Said that mm-hmm. they 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 forced Rami to do things with the story that he didn't really want to do, yeah. which has always been the supposition. That we've had but i'd never seen any kind of confirmation of that yeah uh, so i thought that was interesting
0: i just remember a dude walking around that hallway though man and there's like a couple guys who's like mr ramey mr ramey and he took a picture with him <laughs> and it, you know but yeah i bet that picture he looks like he's 80 years old <laughs> anyway what you're gonna say
1: oh man i mean this is this is really the most sam ramey movie since evil dead 2 mm-hmm. probably um I, I, w- I would put it up a, a little bit further than uh, Army of Darkness, even, because Army of Darkness is where it goes super silly, mm-hmm. and there's really no attachment. With this, it's a lot of fun, but it's also tied to reality a little bit, yeah. and uh, huge recommend.
2: By the way, I read that uh, Venom has apparently done so well, I think I saw that it has passed the global box office of Justice League. Oh, wow. <laughs> that now apparently Sony's much less inclined to let Marvel keep playing with Spider-Man after the setup and that they may see Venom as an excuse to pull Spider-Man back into their own control as we can do this without Marvel. I don't want that. Well, I don't want that either. I think they have, they probably have like a three picture deal here to where Marvel has creative control and Sony distributes. Mm. Um, But it's all run by money, man. The yeah. only reason they ever let them play with Spider-Man in the first place was that they had stopped making money on Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. If they think they can make money on Spider-Man without Marvel's help. They're going to do it. That's true. Because they won't have to split any of the revenue.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the exact opposite of that is a movie called Father Figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, this came out last year. Uh, it, I think around Christmas last year. Uh, it's got Owen Wilson... And Ed oh Helms, yeah
0: yeah yeah where they're looking for their mom
1: where they're looking or for their dad, dad. Yeah. yeah exactly and uh so it's, oh and it's Terry Bradshaw <laughs> well it's either Terry Bradshaw or JK Simmons or Ving Rhames or Christopher Walken. I remember the trailers now uh okay so Owen Wilson and Ed Helms are twins and wrap yep. your brain around that for right. a second you do, yeah um Owen Wilson is super successful and Ed Helms is a doctor but he's not real successful and all that stuff and Glenn Close plays their mom mm-hmm I do want to say that uh, Ed Helms in particular and Glenn Close give really good performances in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Ed Helms plays like uh, much more straight, um, and and has like a touch of pathos in this in in his character. Uh, But the movie is hot garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is one of the worst movies that I've seen in a long time. It's
0: like an adaptation of that South Park episode where Cartman is like trying to find his his real dad. That's right. Yeah, and uh, and If, if they had.
1: Ended up with the same explanation as the South Park did. It would be so much more entertaining. Uh, Christopher Walken is completely wasted here. Terry Bradshaw is not an actor, obviously. Uh, J.K. Simmons has a little bit of fun, but he's he's just wasted, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie sucks. Yeah. Sucks hard.
0: Sucks hairy, hard, ball <laughs> <laughs> That's a. Uh, it's almost like a, what is it That's the character of uh, Pump Up the Volume, Christian Slater. He's hard, hairy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, avoid at all
1: costs. It's on like HBO, and I was like, well, there's enough good people in that to where maybe it's funny. No. All
2: right. All right. I'm recommending a movie. It's a recommend. All right. But I thought it was kind of just okay. Uh huh. And that's the Post with Tom oh, Hanks and Meryl Streep.
1: I feel the exact same way about that. I. Uh, I am not.
2: I don't have the best eye. There's a reason I don't make video essays on YouTube, breaking mm. down filmmaking styles and camera angles and the art of it, because I don't know shit about that. Mm. Didn't feel very much like a Spielberg movie to me at all. Felt like a Tom Hooper movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's totally fine. Everyone's good. Yep. I had a more positive experience. There's nothing, there's nothing to complain about. There's nothing to complain about. I agree. But I didn't come out cheering. I didn't come out wanting to rave. I didn't come out thinking it should be best picture. And I ultimately came out thinking if you'd have spent, if you'd have made the whole movie about Tom Hanks' character or about Meryl Streep's character, I would, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Yeah. But because you tried to make it about both of them, and I get that their relationship is part of the whole thing. Um, I ended up feeling like I didn't really go on the journey either one of them took. Mm-hmm.
1: Um and uh i'm recommending it i think you will enjoy it i just it's perfectly good it's, it's, yeah perfectly fine yeah but did you have the same feeling about this or did you really like it
0: uh i think it's a good companion piece to stuff like uh, all the president's men yeah. and everything especially especially a precursor to that because uh i i never had really looked into the what is it the the thing vietnam, the papers. vietnam papers
2: yeah. no it's the Pentagon, papers. pentagon pentagon papers. Papers. pentagon pentagon paper it's papers. about vietnam
0: yeah yeah um i had never looked into that before like uh i knew that was a, a major part of history but it's one of those things where you hear about it and you're like eh whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, papers who cares papers uh but uh but no i i i know what you're going at getting at here it's there's uh, there's just something not quite I, it, sh- it shouldn't be a spielberg movie i think i agree i think it should be somebody who's a little bit more investigative about what they're doing and Mm. and not so much here's the spectacle of the post this is what was happening during the post you know like spielberg likes to make it all big yeah Yeah. everything needs to be more intimate like like uh, all the president's men was um so i think that's what gets in the way a lot of times of those movies and especially when you have all these major stars it's so distracting Like every, like the smallest character is like, you know, Robert De Niro, you know, and you're like damn like it's just it, they just kind of came and went what was that? what was that all about why was de niro in this you there's an expectation you have with certain name actors that they're going to be something really important but not in a spielberg movie right could just be somebody it could be the ted danson and saving private Ryan. Yeah, you know yeah. and he just comes in and says hey yeah this uh, this place is fucked up and then he leaves
1: yeah. <laughs> uh one of the parts that i really hated in this movie was the really emotional scene with Meryl Streep where she, she cries. Yeah. Because it seemed like they were checking off boxes of, like, an, an Oscar contender. Mm. It was like, well, let's have a compelling story uh, that has some sort of resonance with today, and let's have all these actors and everything and give them their uh, their one scene you yeah. know, to where it can be on the, the Oscar reel. And there's literally, they take five minutes out of the, the run time, to show Meryl Streep in the bedroom or whatever where she she breaks down and starts to cry. Yeah. And it was like, man, this is so fucking formulaic and that's not what Spielberg typically does. No. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, My um, warned today, I'm going to go with a documentary um, and it's called The Sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty recent documentary um, <clears throat> and it follows a girl who was imprisoned under a so-called girlfriend law. Um, so her, her boyfriend... <clears throat> um, Was killed. And the cops came and found a bunch of drugs and guns and shit that the boyfriend was into. He was a dealer or something. Mm -hmm. And under the state law at the time, they can charge the live in girlfriend with all of his crimes. Um, Hmm. I don't remember which state this was in. Um, They didn't actually charge her. They dropped the charges against her and came back a year and a half later and decided to charge her she had since remarried or to maybe 4 years she'd since remarried and had a few kids huh and then she had to go to jail and serve like a 20 year sentence because of her boyfriend's drugs and the documentary sort of charts it's actually it it does have it does get points from me for for one devastating story technique where the 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 children will address the camera And they'll say, hi, my name is Hannah, I'm six, Um, and my mom went to prison three years ago, blah, 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 we're going to go visit her today. And then like 15 minutes later, it'll be, hi, my name's Hannah, I'm 11, I haven't seen my mom in six months, we're going to go visit her for Christmas this year, and it keeps going. And by the the time the oldest one is a teenager, you can see the pain Mm. of this broken upbringing. Um, the reason I, I I am warning against the documentary is that it ultimately felt very heavy handed to me um, because it is super glossed over. The boyfriend's crime and what knowledge, if any, she had about it, mm. it what participation so it she her. might have had yeah. and why they dropped the charges and then came back years later and charged her. like the documentary doesn't answer any of that. It presupposes you will be on their side and feel like she should not have to be in prison for twenty years, and then tells you the story from there. And it was very frustrating to me because if she didn't do anything wrong, you could probably have shown me that, yeah, 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 no, I know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it makes me think maybe she was more involved than you want i mean it's tragic yeah i don't think she should have to serve all those years i'm not trying to say she was like a co-owner of the drug dealing business but the movie doesn't even try yeah
1: you should have some information either way right
0: that's sort of the same we're we're running into a lot of this with documentaries right because that making of a murderer does that too
1: that one frustrates me by yeah. the way, because it's presented so
0: one-sided well, they way. cut out everything that yep. could make him actually be the killer i've seen season one i haven't seen season two and and part of that is reason the reason i haven't seen season two is because after what happened with season one which engrossed me Mm -hmm. and then you find out later like oh so he was sending her texts that were crazy and like was kind of obsessed with her and all that and they left that out Mm Mm-hmm. And that was and and they turn and they make the brother out to be sort of some sort of asshole, the the brother of the girl who got killed hmm. because he keeps going to these like court things and he keeps like, well I heard nothing today that changes my mind and you're sitting there like, what an asshole. How does he not see all the information that we're seeing? And yeah. he's seeing way more than we are. Right, yeah. <laughs> way more. So like stuff like that, I uh, can we even call those documentaries anymore? I'm
2: beginning to think we can't. I mean, it feels like one that was I mean, granted, they have footage from spanning over 15 years, mm. so this is not something that they just Flash decided to do, but just that. The whole thing feels like it began with a thesis of what happened to her is wrong, mm-hmm. and we will use documentary footage to let everyone know about that. Whereas, again, I find myself more and more driven to documentaries that take hard left unexpected turns, like the tickling one or the three identical strangers, The mm. documentaries that are just kind of want to explore where things go as opposed to... Having a conclusion before you started, which mm-hmm. is kind of how that making a murder kind of always felt to me, anyway. No,
1: that's true, and it was it was uh, predated by Serial, that you know the podcast, yeah. uh, and that was interesting to me because I think they got that right. She kept trying to prove herself wrong, and every episode she was like, "Well, okay, here's the situation. Um, he says he doesn't do it. He he didn't do it. I'm going to basically say he's wrong. He's lying to me." And but then I. Looked into this, and then I heard from this person, and then I heard from this person. Literally, just saying, "Here is the information that I have." I am mm-hmm. uh, not saying that that he's he's right or he's wrong. I am just telling a story, and I think people took that. And when it was the the, the HBO thing too, uh, did this this whole thing right where where the guy admitted to the crimes mm-hmm. in the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, um, I think it takes this one sided view and. It's not the right way. It's the 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 way serial did it was the even way, and may have inadvertently proven a point Mm -hmm. that this guy was was unfairly accused. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, I had to reach sort of pretty far back to find a a recommend. Um, a lot of a lot of times the timing of all these things, like we don't know if we're gonna have time to give recommends or whatever. So I, I like I said last week, a lot of the movies that I've seen recently either i can't recommend them (laughs) or i've already warned them or recommend them (laughs) and so um but i had to go back and there was a there's one movie that on the imdb that i could not figure i could not get my hands on and it's called grave of the fireflies uh oh yeah and i think it's in the top 20 of the imdb ratings i had never heard of it before but it's a studio ghibli Mm uh movie and like um It came out in 1988 uh it is about these two kids who lose their parents or lose their mom or whatever in world war ii and then they have to uh they're basically homeless afterwards Hmm. and so they they live with their aunt but their aunt is like uh just absolute uh just an asshole Hmm. um like she wants them to like go out and and collect rice and stuff like that and whatever and she considers them lazy and doesn't they're not doing their jobs and all that at some point even though it's impossible to find rice during this time because of the the war and everything uh so it just shows these two kids who are basically doomed you see this right off the ba- the, the the bat that that you know they are dead you know hmm. this is not a spoiler it's right at the very beginning of the movie uh and then it goes back to how they got to this point uh, you know talking about movies with balls i mean you know <laughs> this is something you would never see in an american animation yeah at all ever you would never see this kind of story being told i think it's also it's also something that we don't think about we we, we realize how how bad like you know the uh, dropping of the atomic bomb was and all the war all the the horribleness of war and everything we don't really think about st- stories like that mm. and everything uh when it comes down to it uh, this movie is heavy so it's not uh you know i mean it's it now it does have its its uh, whimsical moments and it's got that great animation that studio Ghibli's known for mm-hmm. would highly recommend this movie um it, it it was something that was kind of a surprise when i went through the top 20 or 30 that that it was ranked so highly but um you think i think it's justified I, I don't think it's justified to rank that high but I can see why it's ranked that high. Okay. Um. So it's really good. It's really good. Um. I wouldn't put it in my top thirty, but it, you know, it's it's definitely something worth discussing. It. I think the. I think the. A lot of times, it's the subject matter. Subject mm-hmm. matter is so important, so impactful. We all we, we tend to elevate those a little bit more than than normal. And, uh, and especially in a, in, in animation, which everything is usually supposed to be so, so funny and like, you know, talking toys and stuff like that. This is a real human, uh, story mm-hmm. and everything, uh, told in you know and you know, there's some weirdness in there there's some stuff that American audiences you know are, will look at and all that's weird that's some Jap- Japanese shit right there <laughs> you know uh, but uh I love that type of stuff it's always yeah. just it's always fun to see that type of stuff just uh, the way they tell stories is great <laughs> the studio Ghibli. uh
1: where'd you end up finding it
0: I think it was it was either Amazon I saw it like
1: on a rental or did
0: you yeah it was a rental mm-hmm. um or i actually found it off of the xfinity on demand oh, cool. one or the other i found it on um yeah very good i i recommend that uh my warn is something that you guys will not have to be warned against because you will never find this movie probably <laughs> you'll never seek out this movie i i sought out this movie for the sheer uh the sheer reason that famka jansen was in it mm. and that it was one of her first movies and it was like it had this it has this like you know 90s like uh almost soft core kind of a video cover and everything so i was like surely she wasn't <laughs> like a uh, softcore actress or anything uh, and yeah one part of the reason i'm warning this is that no no she's not <laughs> she is not um this movie is this I, what's the movie okay it's called model by day model by day model by day <laughs> model by day badass assassin at night Whoa! <laughs> and so famka jansen is this is this is this girl and she's like you know she's uh She's a model her sister or friend or somebody gets attacked. There's a lot of things in this this movie. It's one of those movies where you don't exactly know the fuck is going on and because it'll be like it's like some random gang it feels like that 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 hurts her friend and so she vows she's gonna be this vigilante at oh night wow okay and and go after these guys This is like a death wish i don't yeah mean? i don't know how on the fuck she finds these guys <laughs> how do you find these guys They're just randomly around you like you don't know who they are okay and then there's like a cop who's like sir who's like uh you know trying to find the guys obviously but he also doesn't like the vigilantes very batman that way (laughs) and uh and then there's like this copycat that come goes around and starts seems like a complicated uh, it is and it's very like when you watch it no you won't watch it you 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 will not watch this it's very like video quality type of movie Uh it's one of those like you would see you would see this on like a showtime at midnight um and it would come on right after you know sensual desires or something like that would play and and then then it would be model by day and you'd be wrapped, you'd be wrapped in because the sensual desires that was a great fuck flick and and you watch model by day you're like whoa and there's a lot of pretty people in here but there ain't no nudity in it what's going on <laughs> well, it is the deal yeah
1: is this before goldeneye yes it was oh, one wow.
0: year before goldeneye oh wow. and it's funny we were talking about jennifer aniston and and uh, leprechaun she basically just disowns this movie because it's such an embarrassment and everything i was looking at uh the trivia for model by day <laughs> and famka Janssen basically said yeah i don't like uh i'm just i'm just gonna say i never did that you know, <laughs> and everything um but uh but yeah i watched it i caved into my male desires because i like famka jansen yeah she's a statuesque six foot tall uh actress and uh i was like yeah maybe there's some skin in this and it wasn't no uh, mm-hmm. has she ever had shown some i don't skin- think so i think I, I don't think she does hmm
1: she has. I love me some Famko Jansen too. Yeah. I'm glad you warned me because just in case mm-hmm. if I came across that, I'm there may is have watched a, it.
0: There's a scene where like she it's from the back or whatever, and you're like, eh, that's from the back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, you want to do some questions? Yeah.
0: Question Question. I got something to say.
3: I am
1: listening. Uh, this is a really interesting one and super absurd. What, in your opinion, would be the most outlandish pairing of a director and a genre? My example is Lars von Trier doing a children's animated comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Sam from Minnesota. Sam, you have a strange You're and fucked crazy
0: up. mind. Yep. Fucked up. That, would, that would be outlandish. Unfortunately, that's where my mind goes, too. Well, yeah. Because I mean, it's it. there's not really i like jeremy's answer uh i you know jeremy's answer is really good for this i i was also thinking of directors that are fucking out there Mm -hmm. doing a movie that's well well just normally innocent or whatever and gaspar noe who's done enter the void and irreversible and all that (laughs) <laughs> um, oh, has, it did a movie called love that had actual sex scenes in it yes. and uh it has another movie coming out called uh, what
1: is uh, it? uh chaos No, it's uh yeah. climax? climax
0: climax uh about the dancers locked into a like a studio or something you got a great trailer yeah and the trailer looks awesome um but i thought uh what if he did something like rookie of the year or angels in the outfield <laughs> 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 he did one of those like ridiculous sports movies that don't that you know that has got a fantasy element to what would he do with those um and you know I, i i wonder if you do if you were to hire gaspar noe for uh for a movie like that would he would he then make it strange or would he just make it Make angels in the outfield, yeah. You know? <laughs> but I thought at because it says genre and not particularly like any one movie or anything, it it, it, it limited a little bit of the scope. Mm-hmm. But I thought it would be kind of cool if it, I, this would actually be cool. I would watch the shit out of this. <laughs> I think other people would too. And <laughs> Gaspar Noe doing a Harry Potter movie, oh yeah, would be oh, fucking amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And and you know what? Make it how he wants to make it everybody who who read harry potter back in the day is gonna follow because it says harry potter on it yep I mean, as look, long as you get jk rowling on it somehow yep. some way i bet she'd be down with some gasper noe directing. Uh, yeah i mean look
1: what happened when uh all Al, uh, uh quaron did it yeah um you know he nailed it it was a completely different style as the mike newell stuff and the the who was the one that did the last few uh, uh david Price, yates uh david yates um yeah i mean take a chance i would totally watch that yeah
0: so I, I that's how i that that outlandish yes it would be the fantasy sports movie <laughs> yeah for a fit that a, a weird fit a harry potter movie. Yeah, I, that's like good. I, like I like it i like it
2: by the way we were talking about eli roth well he directed the house with the clock in its walls oh yeah that's, that's almost right. like a real life answer to this question <laughs> it's bizarre my response was terrence malick's fast and the furious yeah
3: Wow. Because I want
2: to see exactly how 20 minutes of swaying tree branches in the wind meshes with the smash cut gear shift Superman heroics of the muscle car
0: action heist film. Yeah, like it would be it would it would be a drag race that has just interludes. In it, it would be literally the movie would
2: be a quarter mile drag race that takes two hours. Yes. And it's intercut with like childhood memories of the beach right
0: it would be like vin diesel going down the street and racing against michelle rodriguez and like cutting to I always talk about family <laughs>
2: there's like a swaying willow tree yeah and yeah they're on the beach and they're you know they're
0: out there with paul walker and everything and you're like i used to always have fun with my best friends
3: <laughs> Yeah, yeah it'll it, like yeah, be five, five seconds. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. <clears throat> but I do
0: know where I've been. <laughs>
3: well,
0: then it would cut to like
2: some Indonesian child swimming. Right,
0: right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and then like the dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Like in Tree of Life. I like
1: that uh I like that answer a lot. Uh I'm going with two that actually were made uh that sounded mermaid they were, yeah that were made mermaid <laughs> uh one is david lynch's the straight story
0: oh yeah yeah um which is by the way last week when we were talking about <laughs> most accessible movies we forgot about straight story <laughs>
1: yeah exactly well i mean it kind of came and went uh, i don't remember it being released in very many movie theaters yeah um, i think it was
0: bellcourt out here
1: it's literally a guy an old guy driving his lawnmower richard Farnsworth, across the u.s mm-hmm. and as the title implies it's very straightforward. There are no murderous uh, little people out there. There's no dream sequences. Right. There's no uh, <laughs> There's no Robert Blake uh, on the phone or anything like that. It's, it's Call just... your house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's super outlandish. Uh, David Lynch doing a G-rated mm. road trip story uh, that's very affecting. It's a very, very nice thing. The other one that I was going to mention, uh, is John Favreau's Iron Man mm-hmm. because at the time I- Iron Man had everything working against it it had a recovering addict yep. as the lead he was charismatic but he just passed his prime quote unquote uh it was a literally a clunky franchise that nobody knew anything about um it wasn't Marvel Studios yet it was uh was it Marvel Studios yeah, uh, yes but they yeah
0: they, it was
1: obviously it wasn't the behemoth
0: that no, it is now yeah yeah yeah, and then he got john favreau but remember it was all it was paramount before um before it was disney
1: yeah yeah yeah. so
0: so it was first two i believe were paramount then iron man 3 came out and that's when disney was had taken over
1: it's just absurd to think of all the things that conspired against iron man and that it was a, a success well, yeah nobody knew despite it
0: nobody outside of comic book nerds who knew knew who iron man was and the trailers looked eh
2: like, well, I've, seen, like I've is, seen The
0: Rocketeer. Right, right,
2: <laughs> right. And this guy directed Zathura?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he had directed Zathura. He had
1: done the the whole Swingers thing. He did that movie called Made. An elf. Um, and he did Elf, yeah, before this. But nothing about that previous track record mm-hmm. would have predicted that he could handle a superhero movie with a plum. Like, he's, he nailed it. Uh, nailed the comedic stuff. Nailed the, the cinematic stuff. Nailed the fighting stuff. Uh it 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 was a real miracle that this happened. Well and then And look at what it launched. He he he
2: survived the misstep of Iron Man 2 by regrouping and and making chef and finding sort of his voice again and um then he made Jungle Book mm-hmm. and um of course he made The Lion King that's coming out soon and now is working on a live action Star Wars story and it is essentially almost upper echelon at this point right he
1: can he can pretty much i think he's had a track record where he can pretty much do anything i would think he's you, getting close to jj abrams level yeah.
2: in terms of like say and clout um and, and i'm really hard. happy for that guy i am too yeah because he kind of started off as that schlubby stand-up comic he's playing in swingers mm-hmm. he does kind of a nice recurring role on friends back in that same general area but he's, he's always been a super likable guy yeah but yeah who knew he had
1: this kind of you know magic making talent I mean, yeah, he, and, and it almost seems like it's effortless. Of course, we're not there on set or anything like that, but in interviews or whatever, he could just genre hop, and he's just like, hey, you know, that's good. I mean, motherfucker got, like, technically proficient at, at like, high-level cooking oh, and yeah. techniques and stuff like that just for a role for a movie that very few people saw except for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he really he seems like he's he's got a good... Good gig going. No, I'm. I'm uh, I think that's a good pick. I was recently watching Roberto ben- Benini's Life Is Beautiful, and after that, I went to see if it won something. And something curious got me. It won for best foreign film, best actor in soundtrack. We're talking about the Oscars, obviously, and got more nominations for best movie and director. So here's the deal: Why do you think this hasn't happened again? I mean, with the screams for diversity in the states, why are people not looking for more foreigner films?
0: First off, I don't know if if. Hollywood can, would consider life is beautiful a diversity uh type of uh, win even though the, the filmmakers are Italian still white mm-hmm. you know when it comes down to it um uh so i i think there are a variety of reasons um first off life is beautiful was d- distributed by Miramax at their height yep. um Miramax was able to push movies like no other studio when it came to oscar time Mm -hmm. um and so one and miramax stayed around until 2005 under the weinsteins control uh but then disney took it over once the weinsteins made the weinstein company and everything um but that was the height right there that late 90s surge there Mm -hmm. they they were behind so many of these oscar campaigns and they could find a movie from uh from a foreign land and make it a, a popular thing <laughs> from a foreign land. <laughs> yeah. and make it make it popular and you gotta also the parameters of this question uh the fact that the actor and it was foreign language film and it was best picture and all it's so rare to yeah. have a movie do that anyway um and i don't think it's i don't i don't think it's it's partly a diversity thing, right? Because there are movies from the Middle East and there's movies from Africa and there's movies from, um, like, uh, Central America and all that that are mm-hmm. being made. And like, uh, they're great, but they're not getting, they're not getting seen by a wide group of people. And mm-hmm. you got to think about the Academy. Think about who's comprised of the Academy, a bunch of actors who are, who are on their own shit. Um, there's a whole bunch of people who don't even watch some of these movies like when the foreign language film and the shorts and all that other stuff comes up they're being voted on by a small amount of people mm-hmm. Um, so they have to get in front of people and that's why that life is beautiful thing and why Miramax was so important yeah. back then it's not just us you know people in Tennessee that need to see it it's them it's the Hollywood that still needs to see it and a lot of times a lot of these movies aren't getting in front of them uh, we had a few categories uh, that, uh, we had a few movies, the foreign language films that got, um, you know, best picture and whatever the movie, a came out, uh, six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, a got nominated for best foreign language film and best picture, right. but none of the actors for some reason, even the acting is, is, is amazing in that movie. Um, they, the one thing that I looked up. Was like uh, they they included Babel in this? Babel was a foreign language film, but even though, in in technically disqualified
1: if you had Brad Pitt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, they called uh, Letters from Iwo Jima a foreign language film too because a lot of that is in Japanese Mm. and everything. But that's I don't consider those the same. Like I consider I consider foreign language film a movie from that country. It didn't have that wasn't backed by the U.S. Came over here, and that's how you know that whatever um so there's i think there are a lot of factors there as Mm -hmm. to why that's not happened it's rare it would be rare even if you did have a movie that was like huge and blew up out here you have you have distributors who can't get it in front of everybody and um yeah i mean that's basically it i think mostly
1: um what do you think about the artist how did the artist pull that off um because it got best picture correct Mm -hmm in 2012 2011 whatever and i think the uh, the the actor won best actor right but wasn't yeah. it So how much of that was the gimmick uh it, it was probably uh, a hollywood movie or a movie about acting right or right. a movie about movies
0: yeah uh, a lot of it was um i i i like the artist a lot um
1: yeah it was a weird winner for best picture though yeah. i don't remember it being- I, I
0: thought i thought at first when i heard i first heard about it that it was uh it was sort of a gimmick but then i watched it and i was like you know what they they did they pulled this off pretty the, well you mean the silent part being the, the gimmick yeah oh, okay yeah like uh, oh we haven't done this in forever here's a here's a quaint little thing from yesteryear let's mm. do that A not talky <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh it, it's uh jean dujardin who won right um but uh that that movie was really good um but that i don't even know if we call that of it seemed that, like a unicorn yeah that, i mean that that one's sort of a i don't even know if we call that a foreign language film especially because it's silent but um is it because it was made by a french filmmaker and it starred a french uh actor yeah does it really count you know i think it I think you have to have a, a few other categories there. Yeah, I guess
1: so. Uh, one of the, the arguments that I had for why we get the the winners that we get is that America, by and large, is more diverse than, than most other countries, you know, by itself. So we, you can have like a Moonlight uh, that wins a, a Best Picture. Mm-hmm. You can have something like Precious being nominated Whereas for a Whereas in Canada,
2: every single Best Picture nominee co-stars a moose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere Absolutely near as right. diverse. Uh,
1: Alfonso Cuaron probably going to be nominated for Roma. It certainly uh, sounds that's like about, That's about, like, uh, I think he's in Mexico City or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't look like a regular movie in any means at all. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean, look at We were talking about uh, the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for uh, Rami Malek yeah. maybe being nominated and that's about like a, uh, where is he from, Zanzibar, yeah. Zanzibarian person in Britain. So, uh, yeah, I think it, there, there's so much diversity within the U.S. that you can make a Black Panther uh, and have it be a billion dollar franchise. And then you can make a Moonlight that could be a Best Picture.
0: I, I'm looking at the uh, production companies on the artist. It's all French. Yeah. and uh, Oh, it's French as fuck. You know, I, I understand. But, you know, the distributors are like Warner Brothers and stuff like that. But. Uh, there's a lot of american actors in it too um it, it's interesting i think this should probably qualify but who knows how, what the rules are on that that's another thing academy rules and union rules and all that other bullshit that's going on that's another reason why that's st- that hasn't happened in forever mm. i would consider the artist though as a movie that this has happened for Yeah, like maybe not best. It didn't get a best foreign language film nomination, but it did win best picture. And it's made by French people. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. Fail. Yeah.
1: Listening to the newest episode and talking about Black Swan inspired me to ask my next question. What is the worst movie you saw on a first or early romantic date? Doesn't have to be a bad movie, but maybe an awkward one. Uh, This person's answer is Black Swan uh we acknowledged before the movie how attractive both leads were but didn't know what to talk about after now see i would totally take a first date to see black swan mm-hmm. and i think it would be a
0: excellent conversation start mm-hmm. uh natural born killers <laughs> okay there it is okay it is. um i will say this i've been on a lot of these type of dates where we don't know whether that's really a date or not Uh but i'm counting this because it's one of those things where i kind of like the girl and i asked her and she went to see natural born killers with probably should have been a keeper actually (laughs) um but uh but yeah that movie and i saw pulp fiction later with her too Hmm. uh but like uh but like yeah natural born killers is just such an insane fucking movie (laughs) i like natural born killers but i don't know if you take the take a girl to go see it you know what i mean (laughs) and i was 17 who cares (laughs) um but uh but yeah like there's there's so much violence and so much just excess going on in natural born killers that there's plenty to talk about you just don't really want to talk (laughs) about you don't want to talk about yeah i also took a girl to schindler's list too So Uh, schindler's list is a I wouldn't consider that a date movie either, but there's a lot to talk about after that. So
1: That's true, and you can make out during it, apparently. You
2: can. Yeah, that if was my, the- my infamous, <laughs> my best answer I've already talked about on the podcast, is that I went on a double date to Schindler's List and had to watch some foreplay. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, But I also took a different girl in the same general time of my life on a first date to see Philadelphia. Oh, okay. oh wow. Which is just, uh, my philosophy I think you can choose any genre of movie for a date and make a good justification for it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wanted to take her to a horror movie because we get close and she'd hold me. But I always wanted the date to smile. I wanted us to be having a good time, to be smiling, laughing. I like to crack jokes. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia did not present an environment conducive to joke making no and uh so it's not exactly like a bad or like awkward like we were squirming in our seats or anything but it wasn't really a good time yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like oh i loved watching that guy get aids and, die and yeah. get screwed over by his law firm like that. it was just it was not you know hindsight probably should have gone to like pocahontas or something <laughs> i don't know if those were out at the same time <laughs> I just know I saw them at the same theater. <laughs> they
0: were not, but it was funny. <laughs> oh
3: shit!
1: Uh, I took this girl to see The Green Mile in 1999. Nice. Oh yeah. Uh, it's our first date. We met at a Barnes and Noble. We were both working there, and we said, "Hey, let's go see." Uh, we're officially dating. We're you know we're gonna make this happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, we went to see The Green Mile. Now, The Green Mile is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a great movie. Um, it's 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 super long and there's like starting around hour two, it's basically weepy the entire rest mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's like there's three main beats where you're gonna cry. And by the last one, my date was just a pile. I mean she she was she was a mess. She was, you know, crying and, and snotting everywhere and it's just is just a whole thing. And uh I was like, oh man, this is not gonna end up well. But I took that opportunity. I actually turned it on its head. I leaned into her and I said, I've never seen you look as beautiful as you do now.
2: Nice. And it worked. Nice. You yes. <laughs> reminded me of Green Mile when the neighbor Gary at the end draws a picture of his own face with tears. And he's like, it was the Green Mile. And they're like, how is that the Green Mile? And he's like, this is me at the Regal Cinemas crying as I watched the Green Mile.
0: <laughs> well, how would we know that?
2: I just assumed everyone cried when they watched the Green Mile.
0: Well, i told you i told you guys i think i've said this a couple of times on the podcast the, the the night that the the night before the green mile opened, we all the projectionists got into their one auditorium to watch three separate prints or whatever <laughs> i'm watching mine i'm getting into the heavy stuff and everything and uh this other projectionist comes walking into my auditorium his his because we had such static problems at Hollywood oh, 27 yeah. and platter problem his print threw off of the platter while he was watching it so it was a jumbled mess oh. that he couldn't watch the rest of it he was ahead of me though <laughs> and he was coming in there and he had glasses and everything and he's like he's like can i watch the rest of the movie <laughs> yeah, my movie through i'm gonna fix it later but can you, can I? I
1: was like sure man <laughs> oh my god it was a uh, it was a somehow a positive experience oh this is a this is a fun one uh hashtag SinQuest. can't fucking talk to that <laughs> Hashtag SinCast question. Hey,
0: SinQuest is (laughs) going to be a thing.
1: (laughs) It's It's not bad. Um, Favorite unexpectedly awesome soundtrack, Mission Impossible Fallout has been a standout for me this year. I haven't heard the Mission Impossible Fallout uh, soundtrack except for that that song that was Mm -hmm. on the trailer that's badass. Um, I'm going to have to give that a shot. And before I turn it over to you, a similarly awesome uh, soundtrack was the 1996 Mission Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that had... uh, But it had a bunch of U2 stuff on it, didn't it? Do you remember?
0: I don't remember. I don't think it had U2 stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah,
2: U2 U2 redid the 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 theme theme because Sting famously said anybody can play 4 4. Oh yes, yeah. they changed it from its time signature to a four four time signature. Uh, okay. Their version is that dunk <laughs> Yeah, it's badass. Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, but, but is it, that
0: is that did they do more on that soundtrack?
1: They did. Uh, I've actually got that soundtrack. It's really good. Huh. I think Danny Elfman actually did the yeah the score Danny for that.
0: Danny Elfman did the score and uh, I thought he was the one responsible for making that uh that theme uh all jazzed up like that. I, I actually
2: know. am not even sure it's you two. It may just be Larry Mullen and Adam Clayton.
1: Yeah, Larry Mullen and Adam Clayton. Uh, Massive Attack, Pulp, um, Bjork. As in Common People Pulp? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's called I As in Swan Dress Bjork?
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh,
1: the Cranberries had their Dreams uh, song oh, on the yeah. soundtrack. Uh, so yeah, it's really good. Uh, that's like, not my answer, but I was just...
0: Like those, I don't, I've seen Mission Impossible a million times. Mm-hmm. How many of those songs actually made it into the movie?
1: I think Dreams is in there uh at one point and i th-
0: was it at the end it, it may be at the end i think it's at the end because yeah. because that's the part where they're where they all everything's happy there's mm. no other place to put dreams
1: no not not in the break-in scene <laughs> no <laughs>
0: he's talking to kittredge oh, my <laughs> yeah. i'll tell you this kittred oh,
1: my- <laughs> yeah uh, and then, of course, Mission Impossible Two had yeah limp Biscuit song.
0: now I know why you want to hate me. <laughs> no, <laughs> now Jesus. I know why you want to hate me. Because <sighs> hey, it's all I want to see lately. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking awful. Um, okay, so uh, Batman Forever is an unexpectedly yes. awesome soundtrack. um It's funny, like the I think the. Previous two Batman's were good soundtracks. You had Prince on the first yep. one, and you had I don't remember what was much on the Batman Returns one.
1: I don't know if there was a soundtrack. It was I got I had the score, Danny Elfman's score mm-hmm. on uh, audio cassette. Um,
0: I think the reason why it, it it now Batman Forever will always go down as one of those like really like um, I guess. Uh, guilty pleasure type movies for me uh like it's not good i know it's not good but uh i've i've enjoyed watching batman forever but schumacher took the reins on that and everything's different from the earlier two entries and everything you don't expect badass songs to come out of that particular way of telling the story and everything Uh but speaking of U2 there's the Hold Me Kiss Me Throw Me Kill Me or whatever song That was that's
1: maybe one of my favorite U2 songs.
0: Yeah that song is awesome. Uh, the the bad day song from the Flaming Lips, so good, is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's the, during that whole part where Jim Carrey is uh is uh working for that you know the shitty boss and then, before course, he
1: turns into the the Riddler, before he right? turns yeah, into yeah.
0: the Riddler, yeah, he's uh Enigma Edward Enigma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, like uh, that song's playing when he's like you know down on his job and the lyrics to that song are all about that yep. um and then there's there's other there's a you have a kiss from a rose by seal yep. is on it uh you I always have, like that song. you have a pj harvey song you have a mazzy star song you have massive attack um the offspring nick cave uh michael hutchins does a cover of the passenger uh really yeah uh so that soundtrack is some michael hutchins yeah man yeah that dude was uh was a sexy guy
1: with a great voice, with a very unique voice. Oh, yeah. I need to go back and listen. I've got the soundtrack. I need to go back and
0: listen. Yeah, NXS was was pretty badass. That's right. Um, But, uh, yeah, good good soundtrack. I think Batman and Robin had a pretty good one, too, with the Smashing Pumpkins yeah. stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but this one has a, has a really good mix. Mm-hmm. It's very 90s as fuck, but yeah. it's a good mix. Uh, it's badass. Good call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Jerry Maguire, um, because I feel like
2: singles gets all the love mm-hmm. when we talk about good Cameron Crowe soundtracks. Yep. And I did own that, um, but I don't know anybody but me who bought the Jerry Maguire soundtrack. A couple good Who tracks on here. We got the Magic Bus and Getting in Tune. Um, there's a little instrumental that plays when um, they're kissing on the porch and he breaks her dress strap. Do mm-hmm. you remember that part of the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a Paul McCartney instrumental called Sing Along Junk. Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's just this oh, little ba- yeah, bouncing yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Do doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo, Anyway, uh, I love it. There's an Elvis song on there, uh, some heart, Nancy Wilson, uh, and then you end with Bob Dylan Shelter from the Storm. Just Ooh, yeah. A, yeah. And
0: that uh, that awesome Free Fallen use in, uh, like, yeah. in the middle of it where he's, he actually realizes the song is, is talking about him. Yeah. 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 And then he does a little woo. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, I've got However shitty this movie is, this soundtrack is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the Godzilla from 1998. Oh, yeah. 1998. Um, Okay. So, terrible, terrible movie. We've already talked about how terrible this movie Mm -hmm. is. Uh, The soundtrack for this is so badass. It's so badass that it made a Puff Daddy song listenable to me. It was Puff Daddy and uh, Jimmy Page. Oh, this is the
2: soundtrack that has Bob Dylan's son doing uh, doing
1: Bowie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Heroes. Yeah. And Bob Dylan's son.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was The Wallflowers. I'm sorry. Jacob, Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan, yeah, yeah. Should still probably be referred to as Bob Dylan's
1: son. Yeah. He's, doing, uh, he's doing Heroes. Um, Puff Daddy and Jimmy Page do a cashmere uh, knockoff yeah. with Come With Me. Yeah. And then you've got Jamiroquai, Rage Against the Machine, Ben Folds. Foo Fighters, Green Day, and what's uh, fucking Ben Folds doing in that? <laughs>
2: one of these things is not like the others. It's got
1: well, it's got one of my favorite uh, <laughs> and I, like one-off songs called "Air," and it does fit for whatever reason. All right, it fits but you all were there.
2: listing shit like Rage and Bowie, <laughs> well, I and, and we Ben Jamiroquai Folds. Jamiroquai
1: doesn't need to be. Yeah, angry. that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's but. true. Uh, no, it's really, really good. It's also nineties as fuck, uh, but it's it's really good. the uh, The Rage Against Machine song "No Shelter" is fucking. Awesome. Mm. There'll be no shelter here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no shelter here. God damn, it's awesome. But anyway, that's that's definitely worth checking out. Not the movie, the soundtrack. And I still have this in a CD case right by my. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Your brief discussion about Sean Penn and Carlito's Way inspired this question: What supporting performance that you love should have been nominated for an Oscar but wasn't? Uh, this person says Helen Bonham Carter in Fight Club, and for actor, I'm so pissed. That they stole my answer, Val Kilmer and Tombstone. Ah, yes. Yes. Mm, so, what do you guys think? Pretty
0: sure I've discussed this before, but Jack Lemmon and Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Ross Ooh. is so fucking good. That's ridiculous that, that he wasn't he didn't nominated. get nominated, and he and I think I've said before, it's not like the Academy didn't know who Jack Lemmon was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, he he had been nominated uh, six times, maybe, maybe more. He'd been nominated six times. He'd won two Oscars.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah they gave uh they gave a nomination to pacino and i know that they were trying to get pacino an oscar and everything uh but uh don't you don't if you're if there was like i don't know how coordinated this was but don't you think that he was always going to get it for sin of a woman why do you even bother with the supporting nomination if that's sort of some coordination going on well, and there.
2: also what's I, I I just feel like i've always felt lemons but everybody's great in this movie right. but i always felt like lemon's
0: performance was the
2: best yeah like if you had to single out one of them it feels like to, to me it shouldn't even be a discussion No, yeah
1: i mean you're comparing within the same movie yeah the two performances it's not even close yeah right. ricky roma i guess is is the flashier thing yeah. and all that stuff but
0: it's clearly showing yeah he's the one who sort of is in every part of that movie like there's there are a couple of say like the head harris alan arkin scenes or are are distant from all that but most of the time we're following him his story has more to tell he's got a daughter that's in the hospital he's trying to get enough money for an operation all that the the company has given him terrible leads he has to do his best he has to be the best salesman on these terrible leads that he knows aren't going to sell. Mm-hmm. Uh that's what's so heartbreaking about like when he does come into the office with this new sale, he's so delusional and I think he knows it in the back of his head that there's no way that it's going to going to work. Although maybe he doesn't because there's a that once Kevin Spacey tells him that the lead that the the sale was no good, you can see the just the disappointment and sadness go over Jack Lemon's eyes, like, That's the one it like, sure, send me to jail for stealing the good leads, but don't tell me that this sale is bad because my my daughter is going to die if I don't give her this money. The eyes change from this he goes from being real cocky telling Kevin Spacey off in the one scene to Kevin Spacey telling him that I know you're the one who robbed the office and like goes goes into sales mode and then once he tells Once he, once he says this, like, you see how these people were living? He's like, how can you delude yourself? Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, wait a minute, you're telling me it's no good? He's at his fucking bottom at that point. Mm -hmm. I don't know how in the fuck this didn't get nominated, but anyway it is one of the best performances you'll ever see you did get nominated you could just watch that
1: part of his performance and be like oh yeah he, he deserves <laughs> yeah, at least yeah, a nomination. Yeah. That's one of
0: those things where you're like you're sure he got nominated like if you don't remember oscar history or anything you go and watch that movie mm-hmm. like oh yeah he got nominated for this everybody fucking got nominated for this no just pacino yeah yeah stupid yeah, yeah. i wrote down a few obscure ones okay uh,
2: and I don't really believe passionately enough to pick one of these three. I'm going to give you all three. Okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth in Star Trek 2009. Super mm. short scene. Uh, but that opening with George Kirk rings more true than almost anything in any Star Trek movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It just feels real and I love it. It gets me every time. Jeff Daniels in Looper. Just mm, yeah. because Jeff Daniels doesn't get enough credit for when he goes a little bit goofy. He's excellent in that he's movie. He's fantastic in that movie. And then Dustin Hoffman in Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. Um, because he kind of steals that movie, too. Because he's the like he's like the only guy Will Ferrell meets that's like, oh, you think you're in a book? I'm
3: in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. I don't need to be convinced.
2: <laughs> so anyway, I, I, any of those would work. It's a fun question. I feel like we could do a whole podcast on... on you know, well, unrecognized great supporting yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, what did you
0: find out? It's like, well, I found out that I've done some research and I realized that you're not a goal <laughs> <Don't, aren't laughs> Are you, you happy? Aren't you happy that you're not a golem? <laughs> uh
1: Okay, so mine lead led into a um, a, a broader thing. So, I, I immediately, for whatever reason, thought about Jeremy Renner in uh, Arrival. Mm, yeah, now it's not a showy role, but he has to pull off a lot of different things. He's kind of the comic relief Mm -hmm. he's got to nail those scenes in the the chamber with the heptapods and all that stuff he's got to be convincingly intelligent and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and then he's got that emotional beat at the end when he's he's you know basically they're saying you know do you want to follow through with this relationship and all that stuff and so he's he does some heavy lifting in that um But he wasn't nominated. Right. Amy Adams wasn't even nominated for this. That's the next step, is that how the fuck is Amy Adams not nominated for this performance? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because all that stuff that Jeremy Renner does, like she's got to really anchor the movie. She's in almost every scene, if not every scene. And she's got to emotionally convey this devastating decision, Mm -hmm. this devastating realization that she has when she comes up with the key. And, you know, some kind of action-y bits, too, you know, when they're they're getting blown out of the thing, and when he's chasing her with the satellite phone and all that stuff, uh, that's that's a true crime that this movie wasn't nominated for more stuff, particularly okay. Jeremy Renner. Uh, but, yeah, those you two You know what
0: are. I think would be an interesting uh, double feature, even though the movies have very little to do with each other, although there is one little thread? Arrival and Nocturnal Animals. Hmm nocturnal nocturnal animals has got a lot of like fucked up family stuff yep. in it stuff about childbirth and you know in arrival that's sort of a, a an interesting wrinkle and twist or whatever that they've put in there but uh she played two characters who something about motherhood was hmm. was the theme or whatever and nocturnal animals is one of these movies too that if you can get past the weird opening with all the naked chicks (laughs) dancing around (laughs) which i still to this day don't know what the fuck that was all about i'm sure there's some symbolism in there uh but if you get through that then you 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 look at the the sort of the theme of that movie and everything you can tie some things into arrival with it
1: uh who did uh nocturnal animals
0: who was the director uh it was uh tom ford oh yeah that's right how weird
1: i still haven't seen that movie is it worth a watch
0: it's worth a watch but it's uh,
2: I, I think this is the movie i said i wish somebody had warned me what i was in for watching this because it's like a bunch of fucked up sadness yeah really well yeah. it's like a kid that got kidnapped it's real fucked shit. up yeah and it's it yeah but i, I still saw great acting in it
0: hmm. so. yeah. yeah um yeah to 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 sort of discuss the plot of Nocturnal Animals means that you kind of spoil some things mm. I guess. Um but but yeah, you you know that she and uh Jake Gyllenhaal aren't together anymore and then I can't I can I don't yeah, it's one of those type of things I don't really want to even though it's it's 2 years, yeah, I think that's still enough time to not spoil it yeah. and everything. So yeah, yeah. It, it like Jeremy said, there's it's all it's almost a worn in, in a way because mm. uh because uh you know there's some some artistic flourishes in there that are like eh, I don't know what you're going for there yeah but uh yeah and the, the subject matter's kind of fucked up. All right, yeah. let's so, check it out. Um, all right, well that'll do it for this week. Keep going to Syncast presented by Cinemasins on Facebook, Cinemasins Twitter, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Reddit, there are a lot of places to come and comment on this very episode.
1: You know where else you can go? You can go to our Patreon page. That's right. And sign up to become a member and get perks. Perks. Uh, Early access to podcasts, videos, all kinds of stuff. Help uh, vote on the content. We just did a Bohemian Rhapsody mini pod that was posted a few days ago. Um, And that was suggested by uh, the patrons, the members. And you can also sign up to do a monthly live chat with the three of us that Woo-hoo! you've been listening
0: to for the last two hours or so, it's just like being in the Stonecutters. We make <laughs> Steve Gutenberg a star. <laughs> we keep the aliens under wraps. We we're that you know, we're that kind of organization. That's right. Um, but anyway, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherrill's we'll next time.
1: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and reddit and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. and
0: that was one of the mm-hmm. okay. nice nice did you watch did you watch model by day <laughs> <laughs> that's how we really it really get gets you in mystery. the mood yeah,
1: exactly. especially lyrically I yeah, Are you being serious? No,
2: I'm joking because that one song I always refer to where she says, where there's a fire, there's bound to be a flame. Where there's a flame, someone's going to get burned.
3: Mm.
1: Mm. And Just because it burns doesn't mean you're going to die.
2: I'm just saying. <laughs> I love that song, though. The, well, that's the problem <laughs> is that it's actually a catchy bit of music. Mm-hmm. It's just, I can't get on board with those lyrics. It's like the Hallmark Channel of lyrics.
1: It's like the greeting yeah, but- card lyrics. Yeah, but I mean, like, musically... Where there is a fire, someone's bound to be aflame. Yes, but in the last chorus, she takes, uh, like, the, the, the third or the fifth harmony above that. And, like, it's super high register and it's super, like, impactful. But yes, lyrically,
0: that one is not all the way there. Is that the Camilla Cabello harmony? <laughs> the fifth <laughs> harmony, yes. <laughs> How isn't... many people want to kick some ass? <laughs>
3: I do, I do. <laughs>
0: uh that's my favorite part at the end of jay and silent bob strike back oh i forgot that i was in that. how many people want to get some ass is this, is this you are you uh blah 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 number 73 <laughs> did you say this about jay and silent bob <laughs> yeah and then you're just like punching him and you see kevin smith like doing a like a drop <laughs> who was she married to or who was Eli she? <laughs> oh, she's she's in like five of his movies oh, now. Really? yeah She's in Knock Knock, she's in Green Inferno, she's in... You've seen a lot of
1: <laughs> Eli Roth
0: movies. Yeah, but it's it's on accident. <laughs> like,
2: uh... You know what's weird, though, is that he hosts some, like, the greats of horror, like, TV show. Where, like, he sits down with people like Wes Craven and, like, yeah. John Carpenter. <laughs> and he's, like, this show is all about, like, the greats of horror, yeah. and it's hosted by Eli Roth. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm just like, man come on i know tarantino really liked Hostel, (laughs) and that's pretty much
1: it what did he do before that was it wolf creek cabin fever cabin fever uh
0: yeah so like eli roth yeah at first yeah i would i might go out and see his movies because Mm -hmm. he was getting a name but now but then he's made all these like weird random you know hit theaters for a brief time and Mm -hmm. now are on blu-ray type of movies and I saw Green Inferno because I heard a bunch of people talking about it. And, you know, I, was, eh, I mean, eh, it's it's gross,
1: but mm. I don't know why. what's good about it. Why did it. you see that? It doesn't seem like it's in your wheelhouse.
2: Um, I'm trying to remember how I came across it. I'm pretty
0: sure... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and Well, it could just be Pretty Girls. A lot of times, I'll just watch a movie strictly because of that.
2: Well, I mean... I, i don't think we should be afraid to say that no she actually has a very unique almost exotic kind mm-hmm. of beauty um that could easily have drawn me in yeah or, or that or the kid from spy kids i saw him in them
0: <laughs> well and and knock knock i had, i don't i think for a while mm-hmm. there i didn't even know that was an Eli roth movie but I, I figured it out i don't know just before i watched it and then um uh, knock knock was when i was messing around with my little vr thing and, and it was the hulu app mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna watch a movie what movie should i watch and i scrolled through all this and i have never heard of these never heard of these never heard of these never heard of these <laughs> oh knock knock <laughs> i know that's terrible but i'm gonna watch it <laughs> <laughs> and Anna diarmos is in that ah, and i love
3: right. Anna diarmos i mean the- i could see how that would shatter you for the rest <laughs> of your life mm-hmm. <laughs>